Welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. Howdy, it's Kendon. Howdy. Howdy. So, how so, are you guys this week? I'm good. How are you? Long yeah. time no see. <laughs> of course you would make that joke. Good to All see right. you as well. Yeah, good to see you. All right, so today we're going... What are we talking about? I live with you. Yeah. <laughs> it should always be good to see me, Kendon. Always good to see me, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Um... All right, so this week we are talking about Castle in the Sky, 1986. We are going to, it's a Miyagi. Go ahead, try it. Yes, because, go ahead. Please <laughs> say Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, I swore she was going to say She was about to. No, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to interpose and say Kazi, Miyakazi, but it's Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Um, movie. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'll put the show stamp, nope, timestamp in the show notes. But first... Tim's turn this week. I'm going to roll for you oh, on our up? trivia. Oh, we're back to the uh, not underneath. How often do you think that happens? <laughs> My guess is one out of six times. <laughs> of course he would have that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Two. All right. You got green. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ooh, I don't know if you can do this one. Okay. Oh, challenge. Oh, it's interesting. It's very, you can do this one. It's very related to what we're talking about today. What Japanese company created the arcade classic Dig Dug? Konami, Sega, or Namco? Konami. Namco. So you both answered. There's only one. So for the 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 pie, (laughs) for the pie, which of those two are you just going to pick? Oh, it's it's his pie. I was just. I'll go Konami. I should have gone with Namco. Oh, okay. I'm trying to like visualize seeing it on the game. Konami, the thing, I feel like Konami was was way more action games. It was. You're right. Like um, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. They did a what's the one? The guns we shoot all the time. The two characters. What is that? Contra. Contra. Did Contra right? I think so. All right. Try this one. Which cartoon series was based on floppy-eared stuffed toy dogs that came in crate-like boxes complete with adoption certificates? Pound Puppies. Yeah! I forgot about Pound Puppies! I loved Pound Puppies. Yeah, now we did Metal Gear, Silent Hill. Yeah, that's their newer stuff. Like, their 80s stuff. They did though. Contra. Yeah. Shalia, Frogger. Metal Gear? Metal Gear Solid, Shalia? Gradius. Yeah. I'm, they, prom- they I'm prompting you to say something. Snake! Is that what you wanted? Yeah. I was I was giving Tim pie. A slice of pie. Snake! No, wait, back. All right. That's, good That's some 80s trivia. Tell me about the 20s. What's the news? Oh, um, the 20s? We are in the 20s. The roaring 20s. You think it's going to roar? Oh. I hope not. Um, so we got a trailer a couple weeks ago for the new X, the X-Men movie. Wait, what? Did we? I might have missed it. We was did. it a fan trailer? No, it's for New Mutants. Oh, oh, oh okay. A and movie that's been pushed back for like almost three years. Weren't they gonna make it a horror movie or something? Or yeah, it's got a real horror vibe where they're like they're they think they're in a facility to be held, but obviously they're not. They're testing them or whatever, trying to quote unquote fix them. Um, I don't know about this film. Like it, it, it began filming and shooting as before, right before the Disney Fox merger. Yeah. I'd like to pause the recording so we can watch this. <laughs> I've seen it done in podcasts before. <laughs> right, I want to be pausing. able to speak. Hold on. Okay, friends. So, Kendon and I have now seen this trailer for X-Men, and I'm glad that we did that. Good job, Kendon. That thing is insane. 
That's not X Men. What? New Mutants. The New Mutants. What? It's an X Men movie. What? Yeah. So you have X Men, and then you have like split off yeah. like, comics slash teams. Sure, but this is like this is straight up horror movie, scary movie. I mean, let's tell they're they're selling it. Who knows if that's really what? Yeah, it's, it's like. basically like they're all. St- it reminds me kind of of the trailer for Glass. Yeah. Right. Um, Except no, for with no, more horror to not, it. Yeah, I was saying not. Well, uh, also some of um, Split to it. Like it's just like this. Split, yes, know... but we didn't know what Split was. We didn't know when when they were advertising Split. We didn't know it was connected to comic books to any of that. It was. No, just but we Split. did know that the guy had powers or something. Like mm. he was turning into something. Like you we were not really looking that. at the trailers, if I remember, because yeah. it always seemed freaky to you. Yeah, so that yes, so I'm saying yes, this is similar to Split, but we didn't know Split was what like what universe Split was part of. I'm saying the trailer, yes, the, the style of the trailer, yeah. not the not mm-hmm. the content necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it was a trick. I'm like, hey, actually, it's part of this. Also, this it's is the same weird. girl. It's the same girl. Uh, I don't know what character she's playing. Um, Anna Taylor Joy. She's yeah, in she's the witch. In she's in Split, and she's in this. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not watching it. Sorry. I think I might watch it, but Tim, you're you're you were saying you're yeah, not sure about this movie. Yeah, why'd you bring it up? Tell oh, us. Oh, because it's been it's been postponed for oh, yeah. like forever, and like it started when the Fox merger with Disney started, then there was reshoots, and it kind of got shelved. The whole merger, I thought it never see a lot of day, but they're re-releasing the trailer, and it looks like they're gonna move forward with the release date. So, do you feel like they're just pushing this out the door as kind of like the the fumes of the Fox? Yeah, the last little yeah piece of trash out the door, because it does not look like like it's. The, they're Marvel movies. Now it's interesting, no, right? Because horror movies do make money. So they make money if the budget is low. Because your average one, this mm-hmm. one's going to have a lot of special effects for mutant powers. We can already see that. So Paranormal Activity, for instance, makes a lot of movie because money because they're able to keep costs low. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. They shoot them for dirt cheap and they make a bunch of money. But also, most horror movies make a lot of money on their opening weekend. But this looks like it's. It's not one way or the other, right? It's kind of trying to split the difference. And I don't know. I would have opened it in January because there's nothing else coming out. Mm-hmm. So in my dream world, they would kind of – Disney would kind of cordon off the X-Men into its own little world, make them, make them better than most of the new X-Men movies that Fox was making. Do you think that they might do something like that or are they going to fully, fully integrate it? Because it just never made sense to me to have a bunch of superheroes – and then also a bunch of people born with superpowers that everybody I treats think terribly. I think the intro is going to be Doctor Strange when he intros the multiverse. So multiverse. I mean, that that's what I mean. Cordon yeah. it off a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. That way you can have other people travel to those multiverses. Yeah. Because yeah. it would be fun like if Hulk shows up into the X-Men world, but not if it's just – especially after their, their Quicksilver thing, right? Like, Yeah. Quicksilver, is he a mutant or did <laughs> you guys make him in a lab? Right. right. Which one is it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta pick one. Except for you don't, if it's a multiverse. If it's a multiverse. Nope. I mean, we already have the Spider-Verse. We do have the Spider-Verse. So, we're almost there. Okay. Uh, other news? I have news. Yeah. This is un-media un, uh, related. It is news that, um, like, kind of like a marriage of, like, the best of both worlds. I don't know where this bottle came from, but I found a bottle of wine in our refrigerator, and it's a <laughs> twist off cork. Oh, yeah. So it's a, yeah, the cork is, it's actually a cork that holds the wine and you just twist it. You don't need a bottle opener. Um, and then it also, you can, you can 
use it. You can put it back in to keep the wine. It's amazing. It seems so to work smart. well. It worked just fine. I just then opened it. Somebody is probably making a lot of money off of a pretty basic but brilliant idea. It's so basic. Well, I mean, I don't know how hard it was to make, but like it was, it's wonderful. I can, and I don't know how well the wine keeps or anything like that. The bottle that we have, it was delicious wine. Um, and I finished the bottle earlier today. So it was fine a day later because I, I started it last night. But yeah, that's news. I feel like, like advancement in technology, and it's so amazing. I feel like I've only seen screw top wine relatively recently. Well, so I've seen mm, screw top wine has been around for a little bit. I, but I know, like, but like but, thirty years, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I, like, don't I think know. it's probably a, within not. my lifetime you've seen the proliferation. So at that point, you're like, well, we're already using some sort of screw device to close the wine. Why don't we use a screw cork? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's why this is where why we're only seeing it now. I, yeah, I don't know, but it's it's amazing. I'm so happy. I just twist, twist, I and it come, comes I right came out. You were like, look at this cork. Yeah. And I was like, it's cork. You're anyway. Like, oh, no, it's a twist cork. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's... It's not obvious when you look at it, because you kind of really got to look at it closely. But It's game changer. I was very excited. So that's the news I wanted to share. Cool. Yeah, made me happy this week. Any other news items? If not, what are you guys up to? What are you thinking about, watching, listening to? Who are you cool. talking to? What you doing? So I saved bringing this up, even though you talked. We were talking about octopi last last episode. Mm-hmm. I've been watching. I've been binging a uh, YouTube series by PBS called Eons. Oh, that's right. You have. Now this is brilliant, <laughs> and also Shalia. I one of them. I was like, "This is really cool." I had. I was like, "Shalia, okay, let's sync up. Let's watch it on the train." And she said, "She watched some of it. She's like, okay, so why are you sharing this with me?'" <laughs> it was like, like the history of like how we used to have huge salamanders. Yeah, um, which is true. So it's been really cool. <laughs> it's basically about the history of life from like a paleontology sort of. Um, perspective so you know early life all the way to now and like these are things that i've i've sort of known i guess in the back of my mind but didn't really put together but like for instance the giant uh uh what do you call it? amphibians right so really what what it turns out is like different sorts of life exploded took over and then for whatever reason retracted you know, as something else came came by and, and took over for whatever reason. Or climate change. Climate change. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons why this happened. So, for instance, like when you think of evolution, it's like, okay, we went from like soft animals to like fish, bony fish, and then, um, what do you call them, amphibians to reptiles and stuff. And it's like, okay, we see that all over the place. But at some point, almost all of those were like state of the art, mm-hmm. right? So at one point, and when you say state of the art, you don't mean like, oh, this is just new and fancy. You mean this is the thing that thrives in this environment. Both, it was new and fancy, right? Because but it also is, there was it's fish so that kind of this environment. There was fish that were able to come out of the water, but had to live close to the water, and and eventually they they developed legs and the ability to kind of lock some moisture into their body and move around. That was. They could State use the, the environment so well, though, yes. that they then dominated the dominated. land. And they were lar- like, we're, like she said, like salamanders bigger than we are. Like, wow. Yes. This was like normal, right? I mean. The earth was more humid and had yep. more oxygen. Mm-hmm. And then something happened, climate changes, and just the ones that got a little more scaly and had the. No, no, because even some of these amphibians had scales, right? Because. 
they're all ancestors to all the reptiles that came through. Mm-hmm. But the but the amphibians that had eggs that were able to survive outside of the water for a bit were the ones that were a little more fit. And then reptiles explode all over the place. And we then, have dinosaurs. Just joking. Well, dinosaurs, yeah, after a couple of these of these events, because dinosaurs are actually a very specific sort of reptile. And it has to do with their hip bones because, like most reptiles, when they move, you, their arms are like splayed out at right angles to their body. Mm-hmm. But dinosaurs had hips more like us. So you think of like a Velociraptor or, or any of the dinosaurs, their hips, their legs go straight down under their body, yep. right? So, um, and it just happened over and over. Birds, at one point, insects and, and arthropods, which include like spiders and crabs and that, they were all over the place. They were big and, and there was nothing else to compete with them. Anyways, um, but I've been watching these all out of order because it's YouTube. So it's like, oh, this is the next one up. This is, so uh, this whole history is going in, in different, uh, like I'm getting them out of order. And then uh, it's like, oh, so after Pangea broke up, but then the next one is like, so when Pangea formed, it's like, um, it's really, really, really cool, you guys. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I, it, it had me thinking of the world in a way that I, I – evolution in the way that I never thought – it was just like, oh, yeah, so this evolved and then, you know, some of them became this. But I never – I didn't really contemplate the fact that they were all over – like trilobites. Trilobites, you know the what those are? No. They're, you'll see, if you recognize if you saw a f- the the fossil, and I'm just going to do it right now. They're like the most, um, <laughs> like the most Why famous don't you sort spell of for friends. What you're searching, so they can search too. T r i l o b i t e. Okay. You've seen this. Yep. Those this are fossil very before. fossil. Yeah, like a very like a stamp that I'm. Oh, yeah, often, yeah, the yeah, very, very standard fossil. With. They were epochs, multiple epochs. They were the most dominant. Um, and, and the video really said, talked about multiple events, quote unquote, tried to kill off the trilobite, like multiple uh, new animals coming through, multiple um, changes in the environment. And they didn't do it. And, and just kinda eventually. Kind of like cockroaches. Kind of like, I, I guess so. Yeah, because they look kind of like cockroaches. I think they're mostly they were aquatic. But eventually, it required an event that destroyed, like, or killed off, like, 97% of the species on the planet mm-hmm. before, by chance, no more of the trilobite species were able to survive. It's really cool. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Shalia is not <laughs> Shalia is not, not at impressed, all. Not interested no, at all. I think it's very interesting. I think it's fun. I also think um, there are some kids who have fun in history class. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is in this room. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not also one of them. I'm just... Do you remember the observation I made while we were watching that Doctor Who episode recently? Which is basically... Doctor Who is basically my... Um, it describes my media taste because it moves through time and space. Oh, yeah. And the, and the two and the things periods, I like are yeah. science fiction and history. Yeah. So. It's cool. It's interesting. I The more you know, it's great. The artist the artist renditions of things. I really. Okay. What well, I will add. What I, what I will add. Tim, you should watch to one friends, of Because I did watch part of the one that Kenan was just talking about. Was that it is that it is delivered in an interesting way. It is both. Um descriptive and it has pictures so you can see what they're talking about and um it is it's cool i think i think i have i don't get into history very often in terms of like 
or history of organisms on the planet. So it's kind of fun. Um, it's so. approachable, right? Yeah. So with qualification, it's yeah. Yeah. If this, any of this sounds a little interesting, we recommend it. Anything the other interesting it- thing about it is that it's like how this PBS move into the new media landscape. Oh, this is a PBS thing? Yeah, this is PBS. And it's yeah, like, so it's educational television. Yeah, it's like people aren't necessarily sitting on Channel 9 anymore, but this bubbled up to me, and it's got millions of views. Like, it's one of the more popular stories, like, you know, 3 million to 5 million views per video. So. All right. Well, that's interesting. Tim, what are you up to? Oh, I am going on another podcast to talk about New Jack City. I'm going You're cheating on, on us. Just joking. the dead, the Deadbeat Film Society. Deadbeat, nice. Yeah. And we're talking about New Jack City. Very cool. 1991. Yeah, I was on there before, like a year ago, two years ago, a year and a half ago, talking about Hunger Games. <laughs> I kind of want to watch this movie. I've never seen New Jack City. We should You've watch never it. seen New Jack City, oh. dude. Um, so Kenan, you were just mentioning the trouble with trilobites. So that's one thing I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago when we did Gremlins was like, there's a episode and this happens in different things, but there's an episode of Star Trek where there's like these little things that keep multiplying and it's the trouble of triples. Right. And it was just funny. I was like, oh, the trouble with Gremlins, but it doesn't work the same. Sorry. I'm shaking the table. A little bit. And when they popped off of Gizmo, they looked like triples. So Tim, are you excited about the podcast? Yeah. Excited to go back? Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. And New Jack City is a fun one to talk about. When do you expect it'll be released? I don't know. They, they like record early. So I don't know. I'll find out. Let everyone know. But yeah, I'll be doing that presence day weekend. I think that's Sunday. Very fun. And that's the time for me to watch the movie. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So what I've been up to is a couple of things. Um, I went to go see Bombshell at the theaters. What did you think? Um, you know, it was interesting. I'm glad I saw it because I didn't pay attention to the details of the events that this movie takes like, covers. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was like, yeah. So it was interesting to hear some of the stories and see some of the details based on what the movie is. I have no idea how accurate it is and all of that. But yeah, so interesting to see. Glad. What, what My biggest takeaway, though, is how... How much has happened in the last four years? It's a lot. That it's not even four years ago. We're talking about ago, summer, yeah. like events, primarily summer 2016. Did this all and happen so, after the 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 wine the beginning of the Weinstein thing? This is mostly Roger Ailes and Fox News. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you're talking about I don't remember. When when did, I think um, Weinstein happened after. Uh, me too. Like became a thing. This is, this is me too. But like I think. It, this is like the, the it started beforehand, but it right, 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 right. but yeah. it became well known in the public after yeah. Me Too for sure. No, yes. no, maybe, but like we knew it was happening at the time. Like it was huge because it's like Roger Ailes gets fired. Right. I'm trying to put this in a, in a, my own mental timeline. So it happened like summer 2016. Weinstein, I think, was like 2017. This is kind of the big. Even this is one of like the bigger, very um, high profile. Um, incidents in the early or events in the early Me Too but I, movement, but even maybe before hashtag Me Too became yeah, like that's a what big I was trying to understand. deal. To, Kenan, to go along with what Kenan's going, I think you're also talking about two different things, right? You're talking about a bigger conversation we're having, which also talking about a very insulated Fox News thing, yeah. which isn't really hit on much in the film, but it's a lot of people who do, if you've ever seen their segments, stuff is too PC, why are we doing this? And, you know, the libs we can't men can't be men anymore right they're having these conversations on the show 
Yeah. But while they're having it, they're also sexually harassing women. Oh, yeah. And, and doing these type of things. Uh, so then there's that sort of insulation. So a lot of it was just, wasn't necessarily like coming to the surface because that's that was not on brand for them. Which is why well, I think it was so interesting. Like, so my takeaway was it was a big deal when O'Reilly got fired. That was, I was like, holy shit, what? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big deal. Like a lot of this was yeah. like, whoa. And like, and, it, and for like a lot of, I mean, these lawsuits for a lot of money. This wasn't like cheap. Um, well, and there were lawsuits before, there, and that's like there's historically there are many, but like actually having consequences, sort of consequences, you're still making hosts. a lot of money. Yeah. These were the female hosts and others, just staffers. No, before it became a real problem, right? Because the female hosts were all media front facing. That's when that's what made it a, a bigger news story because it was like. Megan Kelly and uh, Ge- Greta, yeah, no. is that her name? Greta, something with a G, not Greta Van Susteren. Yeah, there's a couple of them. And Ken is right; they were front-facing people. So then it became a bigger story because he, because yeah. I can say so and so who works at Fox News was sexual, and I don't know this person, right? But like a producer is, or something. This is someone I'm seeing every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're getting into like the why did it have a big deal story. Which sure. is which it'll go into. I mean, if you if you're interested in the movie, you can watch it, and it'll it'll talk about that with you. Um, but it did. Like in my mind, it had happened. I remember when it was happening because it was big people getting fired, and that didn't happen really that often. Like big fucking people. Um, so that happened, right? The big takeaway for me was like just how much has happened in the last four almost four years. Can I ask like you- big news events where like things like that seemed like a big deal at the time, but like there's been so many other big deals since that you I'm for- like, oh yeah, that, that was not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. That's your question. It seems like history. Do you feel a way about the the type of women that are the, the stuff that they spew every day? Like kind of not being part of the story. You know what I mean? Like there's this quick segment briefly where you hear Megan Kelly talking about how Santa Claus is always white. Right, so these anchors who play in the mud constantly every day is like not part of the the actual plot, but we're seeing sort of the mud splatters with this sexual harassment stuff. Right, we're seeing the splatters of the stuff that they play in every day, and I was to me, I was like, that's the more inner. I mean, obviously, you don't want to tell that. I story. think you want your your protagonist to be. Sympathetic to which a wider is why they, audience, which is why they created the Margot Robbie, um, not Margot Robbie character. Um, mm-hmm. Was it her for for that role? That's what I was getting to. She's Forgot not me. real. She's real, but like her actual the way she because she approaches it very broad eyed, bushy tailed. I'm here to tell the news. We're here to tell the truth. I believe this I be- very strongly. I, she believes in everything that they're saying, sort mm-hmm. of, but not against like anti LGBT, right? But yeah, which is something to get into but so when she sort of met with roger and his that's a very creepy scene too with her and him um that's why she's in the movie that's why that character is sort of highlighted in the film that's why it's not megan kelly that's why it's not that it's why she's sort of highlighted um because it was fascinating watching and being like i i'm old enough to remember watching these segments and seeing these people rant about stuff and you know even after the events of this Even movie, they're the doing things like Yeah. So I think... Um, so it's tough. It's tough to watch. And be like, but I know you guys were doing this stuff and this is the, you've created this environment and this this is why this is happening. So I think when you're talking about power and privilege and oppression and social rank and all of those yeah. things, like it's really easy when you are in the agent class and um, 
and in the power seat for some things mm-hmm. and and then you you take advantage of that but then right. you're the target in other areas mm-hmm. and then you like play on that of like oh poor me and so yeah. that's always been an interesting kind Which, of almost polarizing it's, so and it's polarizing because like yes you should say something being sexually harassed it's not but it's also not like identity politics if someone talks about the way race has affected them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think mean? it's helpful. So there's um, uh, Dr. Nieto uh, has some articles and I think it's really helpful to look at like yeah. basically looking at the different types of rank out there and so yeah. you know age ability, disability, different mm-hmm. abilities religious right. gender, right. race right. social class. Like do I own things? Yeah. Do I have money? Do I have an education? Right. Just all of those different areas and you could fit into the oppressed or the, you know, person being harassed gotcha. based on any of these things um uh, in one level, but then be somebody who's being the harasser right. on another level. On another yeah. level. Yeah. So like as a woman yeah. experiencing it in that sense, but as a white woman being able to then put up put people of color down yeah, to, to um, say this black girl who got attacked at the pool party was no angel right so like it's it one i mean the thing is like nobody's perfect everybody is right. what they is and you still can't treat people bad wrong and that's like it's still wrong right and so like the laws are still there to protect you yeah. even if you don't protect like even if you should not either even if others need to be protected from you yes. in another context yeah so, true my, my, my the one the, the point i was kind of getting to was like you would think that these people who are suffering these ridiculous harassment would understand the plight of other people going through the same you would understand that but they don't and i also wonder like how much has changed at fox news since then but there are others who are also like i've been through it and you just you know i survived you can too get over it i had this conversation with someone uh at a previous place of employment during almost, early days of me too, right? Who almost said that to me word for word when we were having this discussion. I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean what happened to you was was okay. Like I need you to know that. Like, because you survived it, you didn't complain, you didn't go to HR, that doesn't mean it was okay. And it's yeah. and it's and it's okay to say that was wrong, and it's okay to say something about it. Because you were quote unquote strong enough. But you bring I mean, I'm not you bring this up, and it, there had been some time since this thing had happened. It's like, well, yeah, you should probably so said something. I was someone. reading an mm-hmm. article, or not, I judge others who are. who are. Like, you have a right to say something, and so if you chose not to, fine. But the others get to if that, they want to. I'll never real quick. I never figured I was talking. I ran to my friend, and I run to her mom all the time. Her mom has this friend with her who just believes in a bunch of like weird conspiracy stuff, and we were talking about it, and she was like, "Well, a lot of these women are are." I know these type of women, they're just sleeping to get ahead. And I was like, well, that does happen, but this isn't what's happening in these cases. Like, well, and also, why why would you be able to get ahead in that way? Right. But Does that mean, like, if, okay, let's say I want to get ahead. Does yeah. that mean that in order to get ahead, I have to do that? Yeah. Because then that's like a, that's so they, well, a the, structure the that's un, been the set unspoken up. Unspoken like, who doesn't want to get ahead? And what's wrong with getting that ahead? They, they didn't do the work to get ahead. Not that oh, necessarily that like you an, have to, but your 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 uh, scenario is also valid. But I think that what I'm hearing from from the friend's mom is, oh, they just did that. They don't deserve it. No, what she was getting at is like these women are complaining because they were trying to engage in behavior to get ahead and it didn't work out. Well, yeah, same, yeah. And it's like because well, they didn't do the hard work. Okay. Instead, that but, yeah. But also, that's these aren't those stories. What you're saying is a thing that happens and. 
all kind of it was like the problem people have with the Richard Jewell movie which was like there's a scene where <laughs> Richard Jewell the movie about the guy the Atlanta bombing during the Olympics Richard oh Jewell. yeah you know his name there's we'll all know a, his name and I forgot there's a problem in this movie because apparently there's a scene where Olivia Wilde's character like sleeps with an FBI agent to somehow get information and a lot of reporter right reporter yeah so a lot of other female journalists were like yeah first of all that didn't happen second of all like yo people think this about us don't in general it. and you're perpetuating something like it's hard enough if i'm if you're if you're uh, someone who covers the nfl and you're a female side reporter you're trying to get information imagine the idea that like i've got this scoop but like let's go on a date like let's you know let me get it's, your number and i'm giving you my number for a scoop and i'm not I'm concerned you're gonna send me a dick pic or you're gonna try to holler at me and it's not real mm. we're not really talking business and you got me it's a date now and i'm just trying to get information about what's happening during free agency it's that kind of stuff that men like i don't have to worry about that I'm like oh let me get a scoop either you got information for me or you don't i'm not concerned that you're gonna take this moment this inch and try to turn it into like four country miles which is interesting right because in both cases it's transactional you're already, it's like, you got something for me, I got something for you. But the power dynamic or the social dynamic changes when it's a man and a woman. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the transaction comes from, like, it's what a, can you give I mean, me it's in a, a different, different transaction at that yeah. point. Further. But the thing is, already, it is already in a transactional space. Right. The the interaction between a, a source it's and a It's a sharing of information. <laughs> yeah. Not it's, like information now, yeah. for your body. is a, That's a different... I didn't sign up for that transaction. Like Exactly. If I, went, I didn't sign up for yeah. that transaction. If I went to well, buy a yeah. shirt and I was like, I want to pay for money, they're like, well, you've got to make out with this guy if you want this shirt. I'm like, I didn't sign up for that. I just want to pay my but money. How nice is the shirt? Yeah. I just want to pay my money to get this shirt. And like, well, you got to make out with this salesman if you want the shirt. Maybe I'm going to opt out. Um, but they were saying... He it, said maybe. But here's the, maybe so they'll, they'll, they'll take it a little step further and say, okay, and then also maybe you got the information another way. If there's the assumption that that's how you get it, yeah. then even like, regardless of what you did to get the yes. information, whether something happened or didn't, yeah. <laughs> whether that person... Then now you have it and there's this this assumption of like, oh, how did you get that information? So and like, let's say you walk out of that store shirt and like... Job. Or, yeah, and let's see you, you're wearing this yeah. shirt, Tim. What, what'd you do to get that? Then, then it, Somebody it, else yeah. made out to get that shirt, so you must have as well. Exactly. But also, then it starts impacting your job. It starts impacting your ability to do job. It starts impacting the way people see you as a professional um, mm-hmm. So people were really upset that this was a thing that was in the film. You should, I was reading about it. And I was like, oh, that's crazy that's in the film. And why would you put that in there? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. If it didn't really you, happen, why add it? Why put Because they wanted there? sex they in the film? they wanted something sexy. It's Olivia Wilde and like, John Hamster. Or they film. think that because they're not reporters. They think that that's how reporters operate. Yeah. People who make movies, they, they play the, heightened, the most heightened <laughs> yeah. version of things, right? What if? She yeah. gave him a BJ for because they are also part of the general public. If they're not, they yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yep. You gotta be so bad. I was reading an article just a couple of days ago, and it was why don't women help women in business? And one of the ones that they were one of the reasons that they were positing like scenarios was this idea of I had to behave a certain way to make it in a man's world. I had to carry myself a certain Mm -hmm. way. I don't want to, it's like, well, why don't you reach back and help? It was like, well, you're not good enough to, to make it the way I made it. Then I don't want to like sully us to, to that was one of the, the reasons why they were saying some women don't help other women. It's very different. 
it's unfortunate. I would assume it's things like I am not in a position to help yet because I'm still trying to establish the ground I'm on. Well, no, this is like people who like, are bosses, for instance. Like they're talking about high, like a higher level judging people. those. Yeah, and but it's like again, in order like, to get to the top, I was this, not just I'm still establishing myself. Yeah, distancing yourself from them because you're different. Yeah, it's like Highlander. Right? I have some special. I call, it the highlight, I call it the Highlander mentality, right? You get, oh, like you, the I, you get to a space and there can only be one. That was a different scenario. That you, they you, proposed. See, you see what I'm saying? Like it's the, it's yeah, the same no, that of, was within the article, but yeah. the one that I was talking about was different because it was related to no one helps we me, so about. I'm not going to help you. Yes, yeah, but remind me, there can be as many as yeah. there are, but you, but but you only prove that you are able to be up here because you acted in such a way that is actually. Men, like the way men are quote unquote. I'm not gonna help you okay. cheat. This is yes. A, I'm not gonna help you cheat. cheat. This is a, this is a small bit of a sidebar, but there was an incident last week with the with the Cleveland Cavaliers coach saying the players look like a bunch of thugs, mm. and he tried to walk it back and said, "Well, I meant slugs," and he apologized. That's right. a big difference. Wait, no, that's thugs an enormous fucking slugs. difference. Slugs, no one says like slugs. slow. <laughs> that's the other thing. Okay. Slimy. <laughs> but you know, we're doing implicit bias training. I have to do for my new job, and there's they're talking about like the initial like comparison between black males and violence right there's this the two are paired often in our media right Mm -hmm. imagery language and so i'm watching the sports thing and they're talking about it and the one like white guy is the only person with any sense who's like yeah i get what he's trying to do but if you're going to lead men like you need to make sure that they respect you and they trust your communication and this tells me whether you agree with whatever you're not communicating effectively, like mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. foundation. Mm-hmm. So walking it back, walk it back, because you need to learn how to com- communicate effectively to these younger dudes. These dudes are in their early 20s. But I'm listening to these, these black dudes, and they're saying some of what you were saying. Like, I, people said worse to me when I was in the locker room. Yeah. These and, aren't the same and, guys that Kenan was watching for the show. Kaepernick. Yep. Same guys. They said worse to me when I was in the <laughs> locker room, and I and now these kids are soft. And in my head, I was like, but it wasn't okay then. Yeah, and it, just because you had to experience it doesn't mean... And, and it, was, it was a crazy thing. It was like, well, these are men and men got to be tough. I'm like, well, if I'm a man and you're a man, like, talk to me respectfully. Like, that, that should be the bare minimum, not because I'm a man in this power dynamic, you can just then talk crazy to me. Hmm. Like, if we're, if we're the foundation of men and men being men and being tough, like, part of that doesn't have to be some toxic conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I can, as a man, come to you and say, I need you to pick it up. But this idea that since I got beat down and cursed out that you should too, not that like, we should probably change. We should probably realize that this kind of language isn't necessarily helping everyone in the group. And that we're not communicating effectively to our team because we're losing people. I also completely reject the idea that any generation is softer than any previous. It's just something that people say when they get older. Every generation is capable of doing all the same things as the previous generation and maybe more because they know more. But but, but, uh, but, uh, the old adage my dad says, right? When you you know better, do better, right? Mm -hmm. So now we know better. Now we know better that we don't we don't need to use that kind of language. You know, and you know what? Their logic is even worse because, okay, they were, I don't know, having worse things said to them in the 90s or the the early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. So do they didn't say... You know what? I made it. Or some other people. I made it because, and they said worse to me in the seventies. They said so. worse to me in the fifties. Yeah. They said did worse to me in the twenties. Yeah. It's like, it's what do you call that regression of yeah. logic? Like, how far are you going to go with this logic? Yeah, how far back does it go? Point, some point they were saying some really bad things to us, and we still had to perform. That no one would ever say to you now, with fear of being fired, or say, so, "Oh, it made you better." 
because it you make put you better because you went through this. Yeah, it doesn't uh, make you a better person or a better athlete because you can talk down to me as a person. I think a lot of it has to do again with power dynamics and yeah. who has the control and and the space that people want to be in. And again, going That's to Doctor Nieto, like so you have you when you're when you're in a target class like that, like. First step, you're surviving. You're survival. So yes, you're going to say all these things to me and I'm going to play your game and I'm just going to try to survive. And maybe I make it. Maybe I make it. But ultimately, maybe I make it into empowerment and furthering and and actually getting to change some of these like structures, bigger structures out there that that change the the culture. And so as you get... As you get further out, you get to start breaking the status quo. Yeah. And, and also, it's like, no, no, you may be- I survived in this bad status quo. Fine. Okay. But you also kept the status quo. Right. These, these, sure. these other types of acts are breaking that status quo so that it doesn't happen anymore, but which the other is thing actually is, probably this, a good thing. This doesn't yes. help the individuals who are saying, I made it through. But what you don't know on a global uh Global perspective is if this particular team, what, what team was it? Oh, the Cavs, Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. What if they could have been a way better team if you hadn't done it? You don't know yeah. just because the ones who survived, survived were maybe good. Maybe you could have thrived you, more. Yeah, other individuals maybe would have thrived and actually been way better, and you might be a championship team. Mm-hmm. You're not going to ever know because you're selecting for a group of individuals who are good athletes and who can let certain things roll off their back but there might be better athletes who are a little less able to run yeah. thing, let things roll off their back and also I think people that one of the big complaints was like why didn't anyone say say anything to him at the time and it goes to your point there's a there's a power dynamic maybe I don't feel comfortable in the moment in a room as a rookie trying to hang out I'm not LeBron like I can't name anyone on the Cleveland Cavaliers besides Kevin Love right now and Tristan Thompson. So if you're a guy on that team and you felt a way about it, man, you might get cut. You also need a critical mass of your teammates. I was going to say, going back to Bombshell, another piece, like there are long history of women being sexually harassed in at Fox News and yep. in that industry anyway. Yeah. The reason this one, one of the reasons this one hit was one, the big names, yeah. but also the numbers. the numbers like they had the evidence and they like a lot of the different things that happened the, 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 that scene, i actually recommend this movie yeah, the scene that went out and interviewed all those women and it's just yes i love that it's sequence like, oh. it's because it's not they're not actors it's just to show these women pictures and it's their voices talking yeah. about their interaction with roger ailes and it's very impactful and it's like oh this was all part of this whole sweeping thing and it's like you need that critical mass and you need to be able to like get that support because if you're one person, you can get swept under a rug. You can So then you have a question of like, okay, now I'm that one person. Do I say something or not? Because I saw how that other one person who stood yeah. alone got Like, that, like got the beginning handled. when that woman gets fired. Exactly. I love how they do that real quick. How do that thing? Because she's in her head having a conversation about, please don't do this. Like, oh, I don't know where this is going. Like she knows where it's uh-huh. going. He's like, I just need to sit inside her hotel room and it's fine. Yep. And she's trying to like, what? Oh my God, we're friends. Why would Today. I ever, why would I be not professional? She's trying to play the game. Too late. Too late. I actually so, recommend this. Um, the, the other thing, just sticking with this movie, cause I want to wrap it up is going all the way back to Tim's question about the individuals in it. And like a lot of the women that they portray or that the characters, no, the women whose stories they show in this movie are women who I don't identify with most of the time and have, I have frustrations with about some of the things that they say and do in the world. Um, so I actually appreciated this because it gave me the opportunity to look at Nicole Kim and Shirley Theron and Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. um, who I, they're good, right? they're who great do really well. And I, and I love, mm-hmm. 
And so I get to see this story from a through these actors yeah. who are are a good medium for it because I didn't I did not pay attention to the details and I would not be gathering the details in real life. Yeah, I did in real life, and I've I've seen plenty of those clips. So it was there was a diff, a difficulty for me watching it, being like, man, I know these people are crazy, and yet they're making they should be sympathetic characters, right? But it's. It's, it's, I had almost too much information about what had happened during the time mm-hmm. uh, to sort of separate myself. But it helped having Margot Robbie and these, these, these people who I like do some good acting and sort of like get you through it and, you know, get this information out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed Bob's show. But also, real quick, I did see Little Women. It's a different movie. It's great. It's like the 12th time they've done Little Women. Florence Pugh's in it. She's great. Sorcerer Ronin is great. It's fantastic go see little women if you have a chance i hear they did a so the winona Ryder and christian bale is I forgot my favorite about that one yeah that's the one. oh that's the one that's the that's, reason why i'm like that's not interested. that's the one that's the reason i have no interest in this new one but You'll i hear like that it. they do um some like non-binary uh t- storytelling in terms of time um and so they, they do flashbacks and jump around a yeah. little bit and i think that probably is helpful it's good it's, a, it's, a, it's i went in like not expecting to like really enjoy it and i really I think you mean non-linear. That's what I did. You're right. I didn't mean binary. I meant linear. <laughs> Thank you, Kendon. Um, did you have anything else you want to say on that last point before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay. So. Beyond that cloud is a floating city that no one here on Earth believes exists. Are you guys ready to talk about Castle in the Castle Sky? Castle in the Sky. With diamonds. 86 Castle in the Sky. Directed Released by... in the United States in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Hayao. That's how you pronounce first name? I think it's Heyo. Heyo. Yeah. Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Okay. So there are we doing the voiceovers? <laughs> we are not quite yet. So let's let's start with Miyazaki because this movie I, I've been hearing since we've been doing this podcast, Kendon has been like, I want to do a Miyazaki movie. I want to do a Miyazaki movie. So Kendon, who is Miyazaki? Why did you want to do a Miyazaki movie? Miyazaki is kind of considered the Walt Disney of Japan. Okay. Founded Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Yeah, they just have a deal coming up too with Disney Plus, I think. Well, that makes, it makes sense. sense so they, Disney's the one who released it here, right? Yeah, in the 90s, I want to say they made a deal with Disney for distribution of their movies. Distribution, that's right. Um, okay, so Miyazaki is a director, but yeah. also a producer, or has a production company. Like he has you said, a Ghibli? production company. Ghibli. Yeah. Um, so. So, what other movies or films are like, when you say, I want to do a Miyazaki, like. Okay. What do you mean? What might we know? Okay. So what you may know... Okay, so they, it was founded in 1985, and they have one movie that's technically what? considered... Founded in 1985, yes. so this is like one of their first. It is. So it's, it's their first, even though there's a movie from 1984, so before the, the, the technical um, beginning of the company, and it's called Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, which is one that I wanted to watch. That was the original one. Um, this all comes from the Blank Check podcast, because I've always been interested in... This is anime, but like anime in a different... This is different than The Seven Deadly Sins or Dragon Ball Z. Like, um, It's much more like story and like mystical worlds and stuff like that. Um, so there's one called Nausicaa. like fantasy anime. Basically, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, the Blank Check podcast did... Miyazaki as their um, like did a whole series on him. Um, so movies you may have heard of before, um, my my neighbor Totoro, yes, the famous one, famous Kiki's Delivery Service is extremely famous. Um, let's see which uh, the frame Princess Mononoke, 
which at least you are sort of familiar with because I watched it several years ago. Spirited Away, which... It's a new one, right? Spirited Away was in 2001, but it was the one that broke the box office record in Japan. It beat Titanic. It was the movie that overtook Titanic. Um, And I think it might still be the... the Was it a Titanic? It was Titanic. Or it was the iceberg. Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo... Do you remember uh, the, yeah, the one yeah. with yeah. Yeah. that? Yeah. Um, Arietti, The Secret Life of Arietti, which you and I yep, went and I saw remember. together. Um, the Wind Rises, which is uh, was kind of controversial because it was about so Miyazaki's father was a was a airplane designer, I believe. Um, but back in World War II or pre World War II slash World War II era, and he's always been fascinated with airplanes. And that movie is about. Um, somebody who designs airplanes, but like the Zero, I believe, which is a famous Japanese fighter plane that went on to be used in war. Mm. But so they're like, like oh, is it kind Pearl of an, if this is kind of a pro nationalistic Japanese war movie? But it's like he, he, from his point of view, he's fascinated in aeronautics. You know, the plane is a beautiful thing. And then you, like, if you put a gun on it or if you put a telescope on it or you, you know, it's a tool or it's a, it's it's a neutral until you decide to use it for a certain task. Mm. Um, so that that's The Wind Rises from 2013. So those are some of the most famous ones. And Hayao Miyazaki is the more famous of the directors. There's a few others, but there's another one um, named um, Isao Takahata. Um, and he's made some of the other major movies that they've done. Um, so, um, yeah. Grave of the Fireflies is one that I think would be interesting for us to do because it came out uh, the same year as my cousin Totoro came out in 1988. So a little bit after Castle in the Sky, but it's about two siblings who are trying to survive the end of World War II in Japan. Right. So it's not necessarily these fantasy worlds, but it's, it's still animated, Mm -hmm. but they can, they go through, they have serious topics, obviously. And also, I mean, these movies are serious, too, in a different way, but... Um, yeah, different kind of seriousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this so is why I've been interested in him. Cool. So that's Miyazaki film. Um, we we talked about this for a second, but basically the dates that you're, you're, you've been saying are ones that this is when they're released, this is when the movies are in Japan, but they're in Japanese. So there have also been... Translation translations either. that are either subbed or dubbed or both, and so in the nineties, Castle in the Sky yeah, buddy. through Disney showed up, <laughs> and so it's subbed and dubbed. Yeah, um, yeah. So we did watch the subbed and dubbed version. Um, Tim, do you want to tell us who that in A the dubbed version <laughs> who's in this movie? Anna Paquin, mm-hmm. James Vanderbeek, mm-hmm. Cloris Leachman, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Richard Dyrus, Jim's Coming, John Hostler, and Michael McShane. And Eddie Dick. I think it's perfect no, that Mark Andy Hamill's Dick plays one of the um one of the sons of uh why am I I'm blanking on her name. The pirate mother. Sky the pirate. Dola Gang. The Dola Gang. Which All right. Another connection to a movie we did. I just because um, I just started the blank check episode on this. I hadn't listened to it. I was saving it. Um Oh, uh, the Goonies. The mom with her. Oh criminal yeah, you were saying that they reminded you of, of something, and I couldn't think of it as I was Goonies. watching. It's the Goonies. Oh, funny. Um, okay, so Kenan, will you tell us what Castle in the Sky is about? I think it's better if you do because I will get okay. sidetracked. Castle in the Sky is about um, 
a, um, it's about technology and the use of technology um, by a certain um, population uh, who used it to this extent of having their floating castle in the sky. Um, and uh, there's these crystals that are kind of the power behind the technology. So fast forward years and years and years and years and years, there's the um, descendants of, of royalty from that civilization or that pop- that city who um, now it's the... I wasn't prepared to do this. Okay, the I think I have city is you. like <laughs> okay. So this is kind of like Atlantis in the sky, right? So this is yeah, they, yeah, it's a legend. Yeah. Like yeah, they don't it's think a, it's really yeah. Exists. A lot of people are not sure it exists. It's, it was a legendary, powerful civilization. Um, we start off in Media Res. Like we don't know why what's happening is happening, but we see a young girl on um, an airship. So this is called steam. This is within a, a genre called steampunk. Where it's like there's advanced technology using means that is different than the way the technology on our, like in our world developed. So we don't have airships that look like these airships nope. running on steam or whatever you know weird technology they have. So she's on there uh, on this ship with some people we don't know who they are, and then the ship is attacked by sky pirates. Like pirates, yeah, yeah, they're pirates. They're trying to get her. We don't know why anybody's trying to get her. She decides that she's going to climb out onto the ship, onto the outside of the ship to try to escape. After breaking a bottle over a guy's head, like fully breaking it over his head. Muska. Um, Musta? Muska? Muska, right, yes. And so she falls out of the, the – she ends up falling and then just falls until she's found by a boy. Now, Kenan, you explained to me why she was asleep because I was like, she's just falling. Why is she passed out? But the reason, Tim, in case you were wondering, oh, I, I think I know. Go ahead. Though. Oh, why do you think? Why? Why do you think she's passed out by the time she gets to falling? Is it because of the thing that she's wearing around her neck? No, it's because the oxygen change. Yeah. You pass out if you I fall l- too high. I literally just high. randomly was watching a video about like, what do you do? Or reading articles like, how do you survive falling from a plane? Because there have been a few people who have fallen from like that height and survived it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was, okay, you're going to have to act fast because you need to do this because you're going you're going to pass out very, very soon. From it's like the- that scene in Mission Possible Fallout. Do they do that? You go seen that? They pass out? Not because that they For we're, that reason? I've seen it. So they're, Is that they're, why they pass out? No, they're, they're trying to um, they're trying to do this, this thing and he tells Henry Cavill's character like, yo, make sure your oxygen is right because you're not going to, you're going to pass out. Yeah. It's not. That's why he says that. So huh. He tells I didn't catch it. Yeah. Yeah. So now that is based off of me having just re- like read Isn't this article or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so realistic. that's my assumption. Is <laughs> now it also might just be because you know it's one of these kind of she fantastical <laughs> movies and she fainted, but you know it's also cold. Anyways, so she falls and Shalia really appreciated this. So basically, this is a magical girl who falls out of the sky <laughs> and is uh, is found. She's floating. Is found by a character named Apazu, who's an orphan who works um, in like mine, like mining, right? Mm-hmm. So she floats down. He sees her. He catches her. And then what happens, Shalia? So she he, she like floats into his hands, and and then the crystal stops having to save her. So he actually like her, her whole weight. Hits and he like he has to do like a full squat to get, like get her back up because he like she was 
actually the size of her body. Yeah. The thing I'm going to like spoiler alert for my favorite thing is like the how realistic like the details that they pay attention to. So oh, yeah. like the idea that she would have fainted from falling that long. Who knows if that one's right. Mm-hmm. But like, yes, when he's like reaching out to grab her and I just expected like, oh, like and then bring her into him. And who is this? And move on to the next thing. And like, clearly she's not she's she's not fully her full weight. So, but then they show it. They just mm-hmm. show how heavy she was. It was great. Um. <laughs> so from there, basically, we're ha- this is one of the more straightforward of his movies and more a- like action adventure ones. So just to give the broad strokes from here on out, she's being chased by the military force of they don't really specify, but it's basically seems like it's the government, like the the and then we she's also being kind of she's at the beginning she's being pursued by yeah. the pirate family, mm-hmm. right? The Dola Gang. The Dola Gang also reminded me of. The Beagle Boys mm-hmm. from yes. DuckTales. Totally. Um, so th- they're, they're uh, both trying to find her or both chasing her down. Pazu gets involved. Um, and then they they fall into a cave system. We learned that the earth is – or the rocks speak to this character named um, Uncle oh, – Pazu's uh, uncle. Yeah. Uncle Palm. Um, and that inside of these is something called, um, in, inside of all of the rocks is some trace ma- uh, material called, um, Ethereum, which is not real, but no. <laughs> so it was like, is that a real thing? And it sounds like it could be, but I think it's, well, basically- I wanted to know, like, is it, is it like vibranium? <laughs> I, or is of, it like titanium? No, I think it's like vibranium <laughs> yeah. because like, vibranium is like we're just going to add em to some word, yeah, exactly, right? And Unobtainium. So, yeah. Um. So ethereal metal, essentially ethereum, um, which is what her crystal is made out of, right? That's a more pure version of of that. Um. So eventually, our characters link up with the um, Dola gang. And we find out that they're, I mean, they're not good guys, but they're not the villains, they're not the right? Villains, they're, no. they're sky pirates who are trying to find treasure. Um, and so they team up with them and like, okay, we're going to try to find the Lost City, right? Because Lost City is powered by this crystal. We don't know that yet. We we know that they had that, right? Mm, oh, Uncle, wait, once Uncle we see the room. says that you're, they you're used right. it to make it float. Yeah. And the other. It's the, very powerful. The other indication we get is after she's captured along with Pazu, um, he shows. Um, man, all these names aren't, aren't sticking fully in my head. It's okay. Muska uh, shows her a robot that fell from the city. That robot responds to her crystal mm-hmm. indicating yes that it was it was power slash control over mm. the technology and this is also when we learn that she's royalty we learn that she's royalty because she has a special last name this is almost a little bit oh i can't that's a spoiler for a movie never mind um but um the robot's really cool <laughs> i'll bring i guess i'll bring that robot up more later wakes up and protects her the robot wakes up protects her kind of iron giant like um if you've seen that movie, which I actually haven't, I just know a bunch about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, tears up the ship and they all escape. The It gets destroyed, which is kind of sad and all. Yeah. Um, and they go off to find the lost city. So there's a couple of, like, motivations going on. So you've got the military. You've got, like, the mi- general military mm-hmm. uh, with government orders to find the lost city. You've got the secret agent... Muska, who wants to find the city, but also turns out 
he wants to find it because he wants to take over because he's also royal and from there and he wants to like rule the world um you've got patsu whose dad saw it once and thought everyone thought he was crazy and it just wants to redeem his dad he wants to prove his dad's not crazy (laughs) the dola gang wants to get there because they hear it's full of treasure and so they're excited about all this treasure Mm -hmm. and then um shida really doesn't seem to want to go there except for that she feels like she needs to. I don't think she knew find what it, it was. Yeah, she didn't really, and she was—I mean, she was just like, "Let us go." <laughs> because <laughs> she was, like, she was like, a prisoner at the beginning, and I doubt they told her why they had taken her. Yeah, exactly. Probably, I don't think she knew. Yeah, yeah, and then and then she learns all of this. So she's like in to like go find the city, especially because she had used the crystal in a spell mm-hmm. that her grandma taught her in order to help, because the crystal can find like show the location of mm-hmm. the city. So now she is also responsible for protecting the city and like getting there to find it um so they both want to find the city so yeah everybody wants to find that city and then once they get to the city it's interesting because the story like i thought it was a cool kind of stepped story of like introduce everybody now it turns out they all have the like the same goal the same goal different motivations but it's all to get to the city and then we get to the city for the third act and the city's called laputa 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 is how the dubbed version says it. <laughs> no, no, the it's also it, that's the name of it. It's Laputa um, colon Castle in the Sky. No, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. I just keep wanting to say Laputa, but they said La, Laputa, and I just you know, Nyongo Laputa. That's exactly who I kept thinking of the entire time. Yeah. Um. So you know, they all we basically everybody ends up at the. Magical at the magical city, and um, we end up with the final conflicts. Um, you How know. old are Shida and Patsu? So, so this is a, a point they made in the Blank Check podcast that they seemed to have aged them up based off of the voice actors. Yeah. Now, so Shida was like older. A lot of the the um, the Dola gang boys seem to be like really interested in um, Shida. They but fell in love like, with her. They actually say, I yeah. love you. <laughs> now, I, I'm, and I'm not I saying sure that it's proper necessarily, but I was like, oh, she's probably 15, 16, 17, like 15, 16. I was like, okay, this is a thing that movies do, whatever. But when I looked it up, she's supposed to be more like 13. Yeah. Um, but the voices kind of make that seem different. And then having experienced a lot of Japanese media, sometimes their characters are kind of not ageless, but kind of just really ambiguous within that. I mean, even from the seven deadly sins, we have, um, what's his name? Meliodas. Who's like thousands of years old, but looks like he's 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you're right. Definitely. She's like somewhere more around 13, which makes sense for a story like this. Cause often it is, I don't know, coming of age almost. Yep. And her interaction with Pazu, like yep. romantically quote unquote, seems right. way more like holding hands, kiss on the cheek. Not right, like, not uh, teenage like, you know, horny, essentially sort of thing. Yes. Um. So yeah, um, the city is destroyed with a special spell that she knows because she doesn't want, um, she doesn't want Muska to get control of the city after he Death Stars something. Because so yeah, <laughs> we find out that turns out the city is basically the Death Star. So yeah. it's the reason for he he explains the different events. It demolishes um. Uh, got Gamora, right? Yeah, like, they're making Sodom real Gamora, world, like taking events from. They're making like real world, um, real world slash mythological 
examples. Like I think Sodom and Gomorrah were real cities. They're biblical cities. They're but biblical I think cities. They're also Actual were real cities, cities yeah. but we don't know exactly how they were destroyed. Right. Um, and now we do. Now we yeah. Do. But uh, this is basically my point. Now the, the citizens of Laputa. Yeah. This use their Death Star castle in the sky to shoot it. So it doesn't necessarily take place in a separate magical world. Right, it's sounding like it's supposed to take place in our like an alternate an alternate ver- of our world. world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the overall arcing. And it ends in a happy story because it doesn't just because part of it gets destroyed, including the crystal necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, the tree doesn't die, and so yeah. it keep and and so yeah, it keeps floating. Yeah. That's happy. Also, we didn't mention, but in the middle of the sit of the city is a lar- is a huge is the largest crystal of um, Ethereum. So a huge version of basically of her necklace, and that's powering the whole city. Yeah. So can we talk about just the mechanics or the the floating castle piece? Um, <laughs> oh, how castle floats? So, sure. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, it reminded. I did not watch Mortal Engines, but it seems a lot like Mortal Engines in the Which idea of these like cities too. moving around. Yeah. Um, and then it also reminded me of Seven Deadly Sins with them like walk like sitting on top of the boar's head, like yeah. moving around. And there's been a couple of those, like the turtles, like the cities on the back of the turtles. Oh, um, that was your, your in well, Avatar. Avatar, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but I was wondering. It also really reminds me of Mario. Um, and yep. various Mario worlds and like the floating cities and like getting from one to the other. What, it feels like what you see pre- cultural connect. I mean, it would guess obvious, but that there would be these cultural connections between like Mario, which is from a Japanese video game company, and then a, like a, a, like how do you say like similar cultural DNA or legend mm-hmm. di- uh, DNA. So which what's first, Mario floating cities or Castle in the Sky floating city? Mario came out in 1985, the very first. So if you're talking about that very first Super Mario game, there was, there was more I don't cities remember Mario floating one, right? cities Mario in that. Two. But it had like a floating sort of world. So Super they, Mario Brothers Mario? 3. Oh, I did. think you're thinking Super Mario Brothers 3, they which did. would have been, I think, early 90s, like 91 maybe. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm honestly thinking of when we have Yoshi and then we're like... Now you're in like 93. Yeah, that's the last yeah. 90s. But I don't know how long they were working up to that concept. I'm just like interested in this like floating moving cities thing. Really. Yeah, because it's you're right. Like we – I feel like we're – our sort of thing would be more like floating cities. I feel like that's a lot – or underwater cities are a lot more common in our media than floating cities. Like Atlantic, Lost City of Atlantis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or the one of my favorite episodes of Futurama, the Lost City of Atlanta, <laughs> where Atlanta has has <laughs> everybody has like uh, southern accents and something about Coca Cola and all this other stuff. Nice. Well, let's talk about the Dola Gang. Let's talk about the Dola Gang. The Dola Gang. So, gang, like gang. Pendon said, they are gang, gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> they are not. They're the bad. They're bad guys, but they're not the they're bad not guys. The bad guys. Right. Um, they just they're, want their treasure. They're like chaotic neutral to chaotic evil. But they're like really bad. Like when they show up into that town and oh, yeah. like want that girl, like they're fighting. Okay, 
amazing scene when one of the big brothers of the Dola gang takes on Patsu's boss. Oh, with the shirt? And like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, pop your, pop your shirt open. And he they're does. all flexing outside the club. And then the boss, I was like, whoa, the boss. I mean, I was like, he's probably pretty strong. Just he's punching he's a minor too. He's minor. Yeah. Yeah. They're just punching each other. And they're, they are like, they're just going That's to blows. Crazy. We know they have guns. We yeah. know like, and yet they, the whole town and the bad guys too. They 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 let them have this fist fight, man. And then like others jump in. It's pretty great. Yeah, I kind of loved it. I might rewatch this movie before I have to take it back to the library. Yeah, which but is then, a sorry a small point. Miyazaki will not allow his movies to be streamed. He feels like he says it flattens them or something like it makes them less special or something. So the only way you can legally watch these is to rent a. DVD or a Blu-ray of these movies. Sorry, local library. They have them. Yeah, they had them at the at the university library. That's where Seattle I got Pope it. Public library has them too. Yep. Um. So yes, that's how you can find it, friends. If, because you should but watch they're, this. They're doing some deal with Disney Plus, so I don't know what. Oh yeah, that's right. You did say Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, I just read that like last week. Yeah. So we'll see if they end up on there. Because they, in an interesting about thing about him is he's done. He's not concerned with money. He has like a nice little house, and. It's so certain things that might motivate somebody to sell. Not motivated. He's not motivated by that. And for a long time, even um, and this would be crazy to like us within nerd culture or whatever. Even um, merchandising, he was he was not on board with merchandising until people were like he saw a somebody brought him a concept of some really like well done, not cheap, well done merchandise. But the reason why I say it's kind of weird is you go to Comic Con, a lot of Studio Ghibli slash Miyazaki's work. Is everywhere. Hev- is everywhere. Artwork, t-shirts, stuffed animals, yeah, plushies. Are all, they? Anything. They're allowed to do that legally. Yeah, they are now. But the thing is, is that it's. Mm-hmm. I think that it's more tightly controlled. So um, he said other, okay, or the company he, he said the it's okay. Yeah, company. Because I don't know if it's even publicly held company or not. Anyways, he has enough control over yeah. it just to be like, no, you can't just like put it on everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's something is... of value to him of the art that he created, mm-hmm. not to make it not just a piece of throwaway commercialism. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, so turns out the mom is leader of the gang, mm-hmm. likes the treasure. Um, we also find out when they go back to their like, their actual ship that their dad's around. The dad. <laughs> And you know what? Enough animated movies that we grew up with. I just assumed that there wasn't going to be a dad. Yeah. Didn't didn't question. Well, like the Beetle Boys, right? Yeah. Beagle. The Beagle Boys. Yeah. Did yeah. they ever? We don't. Show I have dad? no idea. I didn't even think about like where's their dad. Or, no. Same thing with uh, the Goonies. <laughs> Did they ever talk about the dad in the Goonies? I don't even remember it. Okay. But yeah, so that was kind of a fun like. Oh, yeah. And he's competent. Okay. They don't and make like, fun. Of, he's a little silly, but they don't like make no. him for jokes or anything. No. And then like, and he's actually into his wife. Like and what they have a real relationship, Julia? so they're sitting and playing chess and just talking. Yeah, <laughs> they're ribbing each other a little bit, but they're playing a game together. Yeah, just in the and evening. Even couple. at the end, when he's upset about losing the ship, she's like, "Oh, I'll get you another one," because he was he likes to work on ships. That's yeah. just like his thing. This is really funny. Um, and okay, so it Patsu and um, Shida decide to join them. Yep. And the other thing, so one of my favorite things about this is like we said earlier how practical things are so they're up on the ship in their airship and um she does like in this like nightgown that or like some kind of dress that mm-hmm. she was in when she was taken prisoner by the government but um so they're walking around the outside of the airship and her dress is like sh- 
like flying in the wind. And I, rem- I was like, oh, I hate that because you, you neither of you would have this experience. But like it really sucks when you're wearing a dress or a skirt and the wind is going and you like you're it. It is so irritating. Hmm. I have I've to use at least one like hand, if not two, yeah. to hold my my dress down. And so I saw it happen and I was like, yeah, that's irritating. Um, next scene is her inside inside the ship with um with the mom, I forget her name too. And she's like, okay, if you're going to be a pirate, you got to dress like one. Dola. And she gives her pants. Mm-hmm. And like... Captain Dola. And it was so wonderful. Like, it's right. If you're going to be a pirate, you're going to be like swinging around on stuff. And like you, the wind, especially if you're in the sky, like this does not work in a skirt. No. And so she got pants. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, Miyazaki, for being practical. And like... It's also kind of speaking her of pants. clothes. Um <laughs> When when Dola is in her like night clothes and she like takes her hair down and like oh, yeah. she just she looks different and I feel like the Ursula looks like the same throughout the entirety of like the Little Mermaid like a lot of times the characters in some of the other animated they just look almost the same the entire time mm-hmm. and something about her look it made her seem like more of a real person yeah they put detail into her yeah. she changed outfits she yeah. And uh, also, she has uh, listening devices all over the entire ship. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's very 2020. <laughs> so yeah, so they're up in the crow's nest talking, and she's listening, and like that's weird. But then it turns out like the whole ship's listening, like the whole yeah, ship's uh, listening to their whole conversation, which yeah, I thought so was so it's hilarious. not even like it's a secret spying thing just for her. I guess it's yeah. a communication, yeah, which is clever. Yes, but um, it, that was also in Cinderella. Oh, okay. Um, or at least the bell system. Ding ding ding. One thing I uh, I also really like about these movies is that I feel like a lot differently than like American slash Western cartoons, ugly does not equal evil mm-hmm. or does not indicate evil in these movies. And good can be unattractive. Right. Right. So she is like, she like looks to me is coded like what a villain would look like, a Cruella de Vil, right? Mm-hmm. The evil people look evil. Right, but she's actually fairly nice, um, a little tough or whatever, tough exterior. And there's a lot of characters in the Miyazaki movies who will look close to hideous in certain different ways, but they're not evil. They're just them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I really appreciated about this. I really liked the Dola gang um, staying with them. Yeah, I also really liked that they were smart. Like or not smart. Some of them they were weren't doofuses. stupid. Like yeah. So, so like, but as a leader, like she was. She, yeah, they she weren't smart. stupid pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. And you wouldn't know that, like, from the beginning, because, like, when they're chasing them on the train tracks, like, I mean, they're actually being very um, competent in that, but, like, they're ruining the train tracks and, like, very destructive and, like, they have their things, but they're not good necessarily. But, yeah, they're not... <laughs> I think she might say that line. We're not stupid pirates. <laughs> so I guess, I guess, as also a spoiler for my one of my favorite things is that I think we come to it with our cultural biases based off the cartoons and movies that we grew up with, and this does not does not adhere to that fully. And so it's a nice surprise when, for instance, they're not stupid. Yeah. Or just like different things like that makes it feel. It's not more real, but it feels like it's 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 got more thought put into it in certain areas, at very least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also I really like that they were that at least the the Dola gang uh, boys were really excited 
to have the the other two coming on, particularly uh, Sheeta, because they're like, now we don't have to clean the dishes anymore. Yeah, we don't anymore. have to do any more right. chores. And then they're volunteering because they all fall over there. That, that was, was great such too. a great scene. Like, you can help, and because then it each shows one, somebody else is already helping. Yes, each ah. one shows up. And it's like, they can't just be like, oh, never mind. So they all end up helping, but they're all a little irritated to see somebody else already beat them there. Yeah. Um, it was a really nice, and it wasn't it wasn't too skeevy a scene no. either. No. Nope. You know what I really liked was all the flying scenes. Yeah. All of it. Those are all really cool. Like, you think about like 86. Yes. And it's like this really cool animation style and like. You're sort of following the the whatever plane things they're on. So it's those really dope. It was cool because they are, like flitter and yeah. then they stop flitter yeah. and stop. Like there's so much detail. So yeah. those are called ornithopters. They call them something different in here, but like in general, they're called ornithopters. And that would those are flying machines that would be designed to use ornithopter. You know, orna means bird, right? Um, but basically, the natural flapping motion. Um, a connection to another movie we do we did was Dune. In Dune, the flying machines are, are basically all ornithopters. Um, they haven't shown them very well in in visual media yet. I'm hoping for the new Dune movie to do that. But the way the animals fly is way more energy efficient than our flying machines, either helicopters mm-hmm. or fixed wing flights. It, it and then it allows you to do things like hover or to 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 slow down like do, to maneuver way better than what we have. So that like you said there's thought put into the way they even animate it, mm-hmm. but that's not outside of the realm of possibility. And in fact, I think Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> the aviator Leonardo da Vinci oh. <laughs> has famous has famous drawings like sketches of you know imagining how to how to create an ornithopter. It mm-hmm. goes back that far. Mm. Which makes sense because it's a steampunk. Exactly. Um, so uh, uh, sticking with this in terms of kind of the the oh gosh how do you say it like the production of it it sh- it made I was in like this is anime this is a cartoon this is a drawing this is not Pixar even mm-hmm. right but when Patsu is trying to climb up um, the vines. Kind of, yeah. He's like climbing up to save the Dola gang, and like each of the blocks keeps falling off like that Legos. Was... I was having a hard time watching. I was like, oh gosh, oh, oh gosh. No. Like I it had too... me like, in it realistically, and it's interesting how simple it can be, but like effective. And similarly, Kendon, when you mentioned the um, the first robot, when he was reaching out for her, or she yeah. said stop or something like that, and he did, and you're like, oh, they're going to shoot him in the head. He's going to lose his head. And I was like, oh, you're right. And so I just like, I couldn't look. Like, how connected you can get to like clearly this isn't real this is a cartoon also but like it's so i don't know also that robot that robot doesn't follow some of the rules you would think that that you know other cartoons disney cartoons i'm going to keep comparing this to disney would would use to make you connect to that robot right it's not wally which has huge eyes, or mm-hmm. Eva that has huge eyes, because mm-hmm. we all know that eyes are one of the things that help you relate to something. This has tiny mismatched eyes, mm-hmm. right? And it, it does it have a mouth? I can't remember. It kind of does. It's like these like three dots or yeah. dots. It's got long, gangly arms. Like nothing about it makes it seem like it's like a cute robot. Like, but for whatever, and it doesn't emote that much. No. But you still feel a connection to it. And later on when there's more of them, or is, well, there's more of them, but only one of them is still moving. And you're so glad that it survives. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. 
Uh, Tim, what did you like about this? Well, I guess we're basically on to like, I mean, the animation. let's rave. All the animations with the flying stuff. Um, I mean, it's a story that doesn't necessarily like give all of the cards out early on. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to watch and invest and figure out what's actually happening and where all these pieces land. And I appreciated that. It wasn't like Disney in a way. <laughs> yeah. Disney in a way that sort of is giving you like, here's our story. And let's let's hurry up and figure this out. But it's it's smart in a way, which I appreciate it, and smarter than I thought it would be. I don't Me ever too. remember seeing this movie. I've seen artwork, I've seen posters, I've seen clips. I've never actually seen the film, so watching it in totality was interesting. I think this is one of the more obs- ones. obscure of like like there's ones that are like much more popular here, and but people who are like a medium fan of Miyazaki may not have seen this one. one. This one. It's worth watching for sure. So now you did you watch it dubbed or have you seen the dubbed one? No. Okay. I didn't see the dubbed you one. Just, you you've watched just it for, subbed. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would have been a smart way to well It is fine. very visual. So watched, can then, I watch a bunch of subtitle stuff all the time during SIF. Like I'm watching yeah. movies from yeah. all over the world, so it doesn't really I made, I was making Kenan, breakfast for so a Kenan bit was at the cooking. beginning. He's like, Hey, can you explain what's happening? And I was like not really. Like I was like, I don't know how to watch, tell you though. what's happening You're here. Right. When it's it subtitle, was hard. it forces you to watch. Yeah. You can't like do other things and like hear audibly what's happening. You've gotta watch you gotta like what was interesting in though is that there was in the sub like the subtitles had things that weren't actually there. So like there were statements yeah, that we didn't yeah. actually hear. And so again, like Kenan not looking, it was like I'm reading um phrases that aren't being said out loud. So he's missing some of the dialogue a oh, little no. bit. Like not a lot, but just like a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, then also well, I'm, I'm a lot of it was visual. Like yeah. it was really so interesting. It like it was like I I'm sorry, I can't I Unfor- I can't explain what's happening. It's unfortunately that this isn't like an inappropriate movie, but I'd like to watch this with like our niece. Like I want to, yeah. I'm looking forward to when she's would be old enough that we could sit and watch these because they're kids. She could. Mo- she absolutely could. This is kind of violent, don't you think? I don't know. Okay. Well, I would. This is that's yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch the movie. And I just popped into my head. Remember last week we talked about there was um a cameo of Keith Davis. Keith, <laughs> Keith Davis showed up. Yeah. I was realizing the only other one of these major movies that I watched was uh, Princess Mononoke. He's in that movie too. He plays like a giant boar. Wow, I know that. Yeah. He's got a great. They voice. have really good voice even if the dubs don't come out great overall compared to like apparently there's a lot more silence in the dub and they add in a bunch of like oh uh," into i mean there's more silence in just the regular subtitled version but they add in a bunch of random sounds um like during the chase scenes and stuff in the dubbed version that we listen to but in general those they get really good um voice actors and i would say one of my favorite things and reason why i'm happy that we did is that even though I had seen that the cast included um, Mark Hamill, I didn't actually I didn't see who was who he was playing, and it wasn't until they got to, um, Gosh, it was the, they were already up in the sky. That's what they I'm were saying. already they, on the castle. Like they were already on the castle by the time the... I realized that Muska was being was being voiced by um, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. and at some point. He said something with a little more energy that I was like, oh, that's the Joker. Yeah. yeah I was like, it, he got a little bit that. more manic. It was he, like after he took away the secret agent spy yeah. mask and like put on the like royal blood, I want to rule the world. Megalomaniac. Yeah. yeah. And then he <laughs> like, laughed oh, at some point. <laughs> at some point he laughed that was that had like tinges of the Joker's laugh. Um, so I'm really glad that we ended up wa- like watching with the dub. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a 
I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I yeah. would have never Same. probably never watched it. Well, I don't know when I would have gotten around to it. I don't know yeah. when, but I'm glad that I watched it and probably will watch more. Out of the Minjir Miyazaki or any of the Miyazaki movies, which have you seen? Like in totality? None of them. No I've princess. Seen, uh, I've not seen, even Princess Mononoke. No, or? I've seen pieces of them. I've yeah. artwork, obviously. I, I'm I'm aware of, that it exists and that these are his films, yeah. but I've never asked. This is the first one I actually sat down and like watched. As a fan of media, and also like, there's a lot of crossover with anime and being a video game fan, right? For Especially sure. if you listen to a bunch of me- uh, video game podcasts, like I always have. This has been a media blind spot that i've had that i've been meaning to fill for a long time and it was like five or so years ago that i finally sat down and watched princess mononoke but i'm gonna try to make it through a whole lot of these and particularly the ones that were made in the 80s i'm gonna try to sprinkle over the next year or so because there's a few like like i said we started with this one but the the more famous ones being my my uh neighbor totoro and um kiki's delivery service Mm. are both 80s movies so and uh, the the graveyard of the fireflies are all ones I want to try to, because his the 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 animation style the animation just blows a lot of and and not necessarily Disney animation because Disney animation is great as well right, but our average sort of animation that we tend to get, this blows it out of the water. It's like moving paintings, not just like moving comic strips or nice. you know like it's not a cartoon no it's, it doesn't feel like cartoon. it's animation yeah. it like, feels like art it's presumptuous is that sentence yeah. in a way that, in a way that some of these films don't feel like that yeah, yeah like I'm when sure the wind that. blows you can imagine the wind is for sure blowing yeah it's really well done in fact the last point i'll make there the name studio ghibli is a reference to wind oh cool yeah um okay are you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. Princess Mononoke. No. Castle. Princess Sheeta. Sheeta. Princess Sheeta. Yeah. Um, Castle in the Sky, 1986. Miyazaki. Classic. Or are we past it? Oh, it's definitely a classic. 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 Sure. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm really glad I got to introduce you guys to this. Me too. And myself, really. <laughs> Me too. So um, next week, friends, we're going to go on another adventure. Sort of in the sky. Sort of not. It also connects to Doctor Who a little bit. Yeah. We're going to do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. When, Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back 